Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, hello and welcome back to the Pac Mag Parents Podcast. Bree James here with you. Now, our beautiful guest today is one of Australia's most impressive behavioral scientists, Dr. Juliet Tobias Webb. She holds a PhD in experimental psychology from Cambridge University, and she has a passion for human behavior and psychology. And today she chats with us about women in STEM and how we can empower young girls to follow their passions in this industry. Because with our world becoming more technologically advanced every day, it is important that we empower our children, especially our girls, to strive for their dream careers no matter the field. So unfortunately, women have been underrepresented in the industry of STEM. And today, Dr. Juliet explains how we can pave the way for the younger generation who would love to pursue a career in STEM. So let's get her on Zoom to have a chat. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Juliet, what makes a mean girl and why do they behave this way? Because I'm sure all of us have experienced a mean girl at some point in our lives. Yeah, so often what makes a mean girl is a lot of the pressures that are put on, um, particularly young women. So to to look really good and then, you know, you can get competitive to... to, um, be the the kind of best in in class. So there's a lot of societal pressures that um, and and evolutionary pre- pressures in some way to to be the best that can can bring about this level of of meanness or competitiveness in girls. I should say though that there is research now to suggest that even though we talk about mean girls, men or boys and girls can be equally mean. It's just we actually focus more on mean girls so just something to to bring up um and and we see this now with the what used to be called the queen bee effect or what could be the queen bee effect in even the workplace where you see we see like very successful women as mean actually there's equally number of mean men and women Um, it's just we have a label or we focus on the women themselves as opposed to the opposite gender and why is that? Why do you think we do, you know, call out the whole mean girl thing, but we're not really focused, like boys are usually, it's just, they're just a bully and it's acceptable. But, you know, with girls, there is a lot more focus on on mean girls. Why is that, do you think? It's because it violates our expectations of how we see a stereotypical girl or woman, right? So we're brought up to think about someone nurturing and, and someone, you know, that is, um, a little bit more um, passive in, in some ways and has to be sort of kind. And so when when they're not, it stands out uh, more in our memory and therefore we remember it. Whereas men or boys, we, you know, are told to be strong and to stand up for themselves and, you know, to just different kind of socialisation uh, and expectations around men. Um, and you, again, interestingly see this in... Uh, some legal studies. So if you are, uh, this is in men and women, so not girls and boys, obviously, but if you are a, a man in um, going to, to uh, speaking in front of a court, if you show anger, you get a lesser court sentence than if you don't. Uh, this is a few studies, but, but, but experimentally tested studies. Uh, whereas if you're a woman and you show anger, you actually get longer sentences 
then you get um, shorter because men are seen as, you know, the expectation is that they express that and women are, it violates that expectation. So they're seen as uh, more dramatic almost or more mentally unstable and therefore they get longer sentences. So it's all about our expectations and then what we, what we see. Wow. Because I know, you know, as a child I did, I got bullied quite severely by a group of girls at school and it does have, you know, uh, impacts on your child in the future. So how can these, uh, you know, toxic, I guess, relationships and these power plays that happen, uh, we're talking about girls today, so we'll focus on yes. the girls. Um, how can it impact children in the future? It definitely has an impact and it, it has more of an impact now as well when we've got so much social media. Um, so, again, there's a, a huge focus on um, particularly girls and, and teenagers to, to, to look a certain way and appear a certain way and, and um, therefore, you know, the, the impact on that can be that you carry those beliefs through life. So if you were told when you're younger that you, uh, you're uncool or unpretty, you can carry those into your future life. Um, and, and it's really difficult to sometimes let go of those emotions, which is, is, um, can be really limiting. And it, it impacts our self-control, I mean self-control, self-confidence as well. Yeah, because I say like one of the uh, you know, worst uh, traumas is to be kicked out of the tribe. And I guess, you know, those, those kids that don't let you join the tribe or be a part of it and just keep you excluded from it, it can be quite detrimental to those kids that never feel like they're worthy to be part of that, that group or that tribe. And uh, I know for me personally, like it's actually carried on into my child, into my adulthood that I still try and I still struggle with relationships with women uh, now as an adult. Yeah. Women have much more complicated relationships um uh i believe than than men in in some ways and it's because of again the and and girls like the the, the pressure to look or be a certain way like um whereas there's not that pressure for the opposite gender so they can i don't know have bad teeth or you know not straighten their hair and all of this sort of work they don't have to wear makeup so even from a very young age girls are putting on high heels and playing with makeup we're already kind of socializing them to to have to change basically to be able to fit into society whereas there's not that pressure for for boys it's sad isn't it really when we think about it um because you know i am a mother of sons but i know my friends with daughters they are they're the same they're you know 10 year old girls coming over and they're wearing their little makeup and things like that um and it, it is instilled in a young age with with girls i think too want to be perfect yeah well you see gender bias which is different but as young as um people uh, as young as children at the age of five so it's really sets in very very early which is very scary so what can parents do then if their child is experiencing that mean girl um, at school what can parents do to help because I know I cried pretty much every day when I got home from school and uh, my mum kind of just spoke to me about it she never really got involved um, on a school front uh, which made me have to deal with it myself which I'm grateful for now um, but you know is that the right way or should parents be doing more? I think it's difficult so because there are a lot of individual differences with children and, and how they would like um, a situation to, to be handled um, but I think there are there are key things in terms of showing your child 
unconditional love and support. So they are getting that confidence and that uh, validation from from somewhere else. Um, if it's if it's really serious, that actually getting just some psychological support is is really useful. But also helping them find other ways to feel valuable um, or other ways to to potentially you know find other connections with individuals that might be healthier asking them to kind of get back into the tribe that might be a bit toxic is is not generally the what I would say is the the best advice um, but rather directing their attention to more constructive relationships so obviously we're speaking about that you know the children that are getting bullied but what about the kids that are the bullies like um or the bullies or the mean girl if that makes sense so if you've got a daughter um and you're listening right now and you're like oh my daughter's the one that actually is the mean girl have you got any advice for parents that are dealing with that yeah that's also difficult sometimes um it depends on where that meanness is coming from in in some way so if it's an insecurity then you're going to be looking at um treating this or maybe not treating it but dealing with it in in different ways and actually understanding where their insecurities come from and whether or not they feel like an outcast in their own group um, which can sometimes be the case but then it's also helping them be empathetic to situations so actually helping them kind of understand different people's perspective and the impact of of their actions even though they're doing this um, when you're younger your your brain isn't fully developed enough to really understand always the full-on consequences of of your actions. So helping them in in some way be more empathetic to um, their their actions is is very useful. So, Julia, have you got any parting advice for our listeners today in regards to dealing with mean girls? I think it's very difficult and I think that actually what you see is it's almost a kind of snowball effect where there's little mean actions that then snowball into larger actions. So uh, trying to hit those mean um, girl tendencies on the head, so to speak, early um, is very useful, but also um, from the opposite side is is just showing that unconditional kind of support and validation for for um, and, and encouraging your friend, uh, your child's, your child to do that with their friends is is really important as well. The other thing is, again, uh, I encourage people to think about the fact that it's both genders that can be very mean um, rather than the focus on the mean girls because that potentially that's potentiating some of these um, biases and expectations that we, we probably want to uh, you know, distinguish, uh, extinguish over the years. I completely agree. I think I had as many mean boys as mean girls in my uh, childhood. So I think uh, you're absolutely spot on uh, that we need to be teaching our children just to be kind um, as much as they possibly can to to everybody. Um, And I think the world will be a much better place. Definitely. And can listeners go anywhere else for more information, Juliet? Uh, so, uh, yeah, look, there's a, I mean, there's a, quite a lot of information online, but also my website, so www.behavioralscience.com.au, and you're welcome to ask me some more questions there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Juliet. It was really wonderful to, you know, discuss mean girls um, and I guess mean boys as well. Um, I guess the biggest thing for children is just knowing what they think of themselves is probably the biggest thing that they need to worry about, not what other people think. Yeah, definitely. But it does take time when you're trying to figure it out when you're young. Absolutely. Thank you. All right.
So we'll stop recording there. So talking all things setting up females in business. So tell me, Juliet, how can we as females set ourselves up really well in business? Because it's, you know, with everything happening in the world, a lot more people are thinking about getting into this sort of thing. Yeah, look, as a female, there are a few things. Developing a really good brand is uh, is useful, even if you don't always, you know, feel that you live up to that brand in some ways. Um developing your support system around you that can actually both mentors that can teach you your worth, your value, how to run a business, um, but also the the social support around you from, from friends and family that can keep you uh, sane, leaving in yourself. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Um, but also really thinking about networks. So uh, I teach a women in leadership course and we often talk about sometimes there are these different types of networks that you should build. So operational to help you get, get things done in the workplace, strategic, which is often the hardest, but they're the networks that you really want to focus on of who are the people that you want to be talking to that will get you your next um, roles or your next um, uh, position. So really great people that are, are higher than you that will be able to speak your praise and find opportunities. And then, as I said, the, the kind of social networks where it's your friends and family that, that offer you that uh, level of resilience and outsider's perspective when you need it. Because, yeah, I've been in business for 20 years and it's definitely not a journey for, for everybody. Um, you know, it's different. Um, it's a different lifestyle, I guess. So I think, you know, have you got any advice then for women who are struggling to find their voice in, in business because I think that's probably one of the biggest thing is confidence um, to promote yourself you, you touched on it in the first question about you know branding yourself because most people just think a, a good brand is a brand for your own business if that makes mm -hmm. sense but in this day and age we kind of have to have two brands our own personal brand um, because people want to know the CEO founder of a company uh, but also your business brand as well so uh, and the first one, both of them require you to have a bit of a voice um, and put yourself out there a little bit more, which I know a lot of women struggle with. So have you got any tips uh, in regards to women that are sort of struggling to put themselves out there? Definitely. One is understanding your values. I think that's really important. Um, and there's, you can sort of, there's lots of uh, value measures if, you, if you're not really sure online. So the things that you find really important and prioritizing those. And that might not just be within your business. That's just understanding where your values lie elsewhere so that you have, again, um, greater resiliency depending on how your, your business is going. The other thing is self-confidence. So what you see, and we hear this all the time, but you often feel like an imposter. And men suffer from this as well as women, but women suffer from it more. Um, so actually really taking the risk and finding your value I went out on my own last year for, for running my own business and it took me about a year to find out what my value is with, with speaking and with the consulting roles and I've gone sort of three times more than what I started with and it was only through kind of finding my, my, my value through speaking with other people and taking a risk at times and seeing what happens that it's, it's there. So, so really thinking about actually taking, taking those risks is, is useful. Because I think, you know, it is very, uh, it's a challenging thing, as you said, you've touched on with the imposter syndrome that, you know, a lot of men and women, as you said, do struggle with that whole, you know, is what I'm, 
going to be talking about good enough. Am I good enough? Like there's so many people in my space. Uh, but every single person, every single human on the planet has their own story and their own experience. And we've all got something to share that can impact and help other people in their lives. Yeah. And that's it. So something I've been thinking about recently and, and speaking about is also a focus on what I would call ripples. So rather than thinking about the big goal that might seem really outlandish and, and scary, actually thinking about what are the the small things that you can do every day that create ripples that then might, you know, eventuate to, to something bigger. Um, so if I can give an example, uh, last year I was, um, I'm a part of this Superstars of Science, Technology, Engineering and Math program and they try to get you to speak more within um, the media. And I kind of had the big goal to go out and, and you know, be really successful right up, the, right up front but actually what I found is if I just focused on ripples, that was much more effective because it's not as overwhelming as trying to, to, to think about that end goal. So when we're planning what we'd like to do, I think it's easier to take risks when they're ripple risks than they are to focus on that. That, that well, You need to have the huge end goal in, in mind. But, um, yeah, you're taking those ripples. And actually being very self-compassionate, which is something that uh, often as women we're not. So knowing that... Just like when we're a child, we have to crawl before we walk. We are going to stuff up along the way and, and that's okay. It's a learning experience. It's not that we're going to be an expert in everything to do, particularly with business straight away. So being able to have the compassion to laugh at yourself at times or to fail and not even fail, I mean, learn along the way. And tell me, why do you think it is important that we set ourselves up properly in business? Because obviously, um, you know, some of us, we leave a career and then start a business, but we're really good at that one thing. Um, you know, for instance, um, I'm trying to think of an industry, but, you know, we might be an artist and we're really good at art. But then when we actually start our own business, we realize there's a lot more to it than just doing art. Yes, I think it's important for women to be more represented in, in different businesses because, you see the benefits and there are um, operational benefits so or, or company benefits, right? So um, often if you have both men and women in, in, in roles and particularly at a, a, even government level, you get better outcomes. It's better from a role model perspective so you're able to give uh, more hope to young women uh, and maybe change some of those stereotypical views. But you also see that women make really good decisions often in businesses. So um, in the startup community, women get much less funding, but actually their, their um, startups do much better than men if you look at the, the statistics and, and the um, figures. So we're actually very capable of being as good, if not better, than um, men in, in many cases. It's just we are socialised not to believe that, and that's why we need more women in business to be um, making you know those those um, steps forward similarly in leadership roles if you break down what makes a leader most of the qualities we um, believe make good leaders are actually better suited or, or what we see in, in women more than men so emotional intelligence all of these things but then yet when we think of a leader we think of a, a male so really again just it helps us change those stereotypes but it also shows us the power of equality um, and the power of being a woman. 
So you touched on it uh, in a lot, just then about, you know, the youth and, you know, being a role model. How can we, I guess, encourage that next generation of young women uh, to become confident in business? Because I guess one of the first questions people ask your child is, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, instead of what do you want to do when you grow up, which is a bit more yes. open, uh, which could be, you know, I want to change the lives of people by doing, creating something or, you know what I mean? So how can we encourage the next generation of young women to become entrepreneurs or business owners? By exposing them to uh, women in business or entrepreneurs as, as well. So really starting to get them to challenge those stereotypes um, or, you know, to, to open their perspective up to opportunities and then giving those ex- giving them those experiences or supporting them for, for things that they're interested in. So when you... Um, look at some studies of, of children, what you find is that when they're quite young, like they will draw, you know, if, if you think about someone in science, technology, engineering or maths, they often draw a, a man, not a, a woman. And there are these great videos online where then they might be exposed to women in the field and their minds are blown. And then if you ask them that question uh, a few months down the track, they change their perceptions and they'll draw, you know, a man or and, and a woman, So, which is, is really great. So actually exposing young children to a variety of, of women in business and entrepreneurship will really help them understand that they can achieve that as well and potentially build role models in the future. I mean, not role models, mentors in the future. Yeah, and I think uh, Jo Burston from Inspiring Rare Birds, one of her best sayings is, you can't be what you can't see. Yes, Definitely. Yeah. Any other advice you'd like to share with listeners today that are thinking about starting their own business? My advice would be take the risk. Um, But, you know, even if you're breaking that down into small steps, if it feels too overwhelming to take, you know, a larger larger kind of jump, so to speak, Um, and then find the support system around you to to be able to champion you along the way. Because what you do find is, that other individuals are likely to sell you better than you sell yourself. So find those people, get them to sell you and, um, you know, take whatever they talk about and and put that online and really just take the risk because you never know otherwise. The risk, the the opposite risk is never having taken it and, and never really knowing your full potential. At least you can always try and, um, and not regret, you know, and, and realise it's it's for you or it's not for you, then never try and hold that regret. Perfect note to end on today. Thank you so much, Juliet, for sharing your amazing insights. Go and start that business. Have yes. a wine and go and register an ABM. It's fun. Definitely. And find actually find an accountability partner. Tell someone yeah. and make sure they make you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. So, Tell me, Juliet, what is STEM and how did you become involved uh, as a career? Sure. So STEM is science, technology, engineering or math. Um, And, you know, I got involved in STEM almost by accident. So I I loved biology at school and and understanding kind of the the human body and marine biology. But actually, when I went to university, I got really interested in the psychology, neuroscience side of um, human behaviour. And so now I actually work with companies and I look at how we use neuroscience and psychology to build better products and services. And then we experiment. So we use kind of scientific methods to to be able to prove 
a, a causal impact of, of, of the solutions that we design to help change behaviour. So what career paths, because you mentioned one then, which is obviously the behavioural science side of things, what other careers are possible uh, from STEM? Uh, I mean, there are so many careers and so many ways to, to get into those careers. So traditionally, we think about often we have to go to university to be able to um, achieve, uh, to get into a STEM career. But now actually companies focus on technology so much that they offer career pathways where you can go straight from school or straight from you know, undergraduate university as well um, to, to build better uh uh, skills and capabilities but actually even at school a lot of people can now start experimenting with science technology engineering and math to then even start their career earlier and build their skills so there's lots of coding already in schools um, you learn obviously math at school so really understanding what you find very interesting and then rolling with that as opposed to you know even having to choose a, a career if you're not sure thinking about what are those things that interest you and, and, and seeing where they take you. Yeah, because there, there are so many uh, careers now that involve these elements, uh, whether it be a drone pilot or, um, you know, that's just engineers. Like, it's so, so many career paths now. I've always talked about mechatronics, like being a mechatronic engineer and all sorts of things. So there's so many different careers now. Uh, you definitely, even if I think of behavioural science, behavioural science didn't exist five to 10 years ago. So it was just psychology was seen as, as something that you would, or, or neuroscience is seen kind of separate to begin with, and then something that you might do um, in a clinical setting or in a work setting. Whereas now we're able to take that even down to products and really think about how you interact and build digital um, products or, or technology-focused products to, to benefit staff as, as well as um, customers or individuals. So it's I think actually what we'll find now is that the career that you may end up in or people may end up in might not even exist yet, but rather the, the basic skills and capabilities you need to learn uh, uh, are already there. You, you'll be paving, paving the way. We've got so much change happening. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? I, half these careers I've never even heard of. So like a mechatronics engineer is like, what is that? Yeah. But anyway, um, so there is a big push for more girls uh, to be getting into STEM and STEAM. Um, so tell me, you know, what are some of the things that girls should be considering right now that do have that interest in science, technology, engineering and mathematics? Uh, having exposure to people within those fields but also making sure that you're being exposed to it, which is maybe more difficult for a young girl, but if you're a parent, is, is making sure that you're giving equal opportunities for girls as well as boys to learn about science, technology, engineering and math. There are these really outstanding studies that have been done in schools that show you that actually in, in STEM classes, boys will get more time to answer questions than girls um, and they'll get different rewards. So they'll be rewarded for their answers, whereas kind of girls are more brushed over. Uh, we teach men more about how to, you know, deal with their finances and understand math. I mean, boys, sorry, boys too, whereas we don't necessarily for, for girls. So really actually making an effort to show, um, uh, to, to, to give the time to, to both girls and boys but also, you know, buy some of those books, both for girls and boys that are now out there around, you know, the, the amazing women in, in STEM so that you can open up their 
their ideas and their, their mind to both men and women in these fields. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, there are, from the beginning of time, we've had amazing women coders and, you know, um, that have done extraordinary things. But it is that um, that transition period, I guess, that we're going through that's trying to make sure that we're getting more girls interested in those subjects because, you know, a lot of girls go, oh, I'm not, you know, good at math or whatever because it's sort of, it's so interesting, isn't it, that it's stereotype. And, yeah, definitely, and smashing those stereotypes. So often when we know those stereotypes, we can succumb to what's called stereotype threat and therefore we feed into those ideas mentally but recently there have been some studies that actually show that there's there isn't any difference between uh, boys and girls in terms of their mathematical ability in in some places so it's actually something that we've socialized and therefore put in the mind of of young individuals so also making sure that we don't perpetuate some of those um those beliefs. So not saying, oh no, you know, I, I'm female, I'm not good at navigation or something like that. Like actually, you know, being more conscious about what we say and the impact that that could have on our children. So you're obviously, you've got a career in STEM yourself. So what is your favorite thing and where's some of the, the great places that's led you? Uh, for me, I think I'm biased. Uh, I, so maybe I'll give you three things. One is I really love um, neuroscience and, just, and I, I love the idea of being able to start to think about connections in our brain, but yet we can't find the soul or the mind. So a little bit philosophical. So science is bringing us to a certain extent so far, but we're getting stuck, which, which I like. Um, a lot, I really like the idea of uh, recently there is now scientists that are making um, uh, biological so parts of our biology so so taking proteins and from our from our body and making them into artwork so making them more digestible and science more more digestible uh, and then also I think a lot of the work that that is that is kind of going on in the the climate change field so being able to really start to understand how we take plastics and break them down by you know making new bacteria or by building blocks, um, being able to understand how we start to change, um, uh, you know, even electric cars or, or start to clear, uh, create clean energy. So I really like the, the idea of how do we reverse some of the impact that we've had uh, on the environment by using um, science, technology, engineering altogether and math. The real problem solver's role, isn't it? I like that. I'm an ideas person. Yes, definitely. I can see that. Well, you've inspired, I'm sure, some of our listeners to get their kids more into STEM. Um, where Have you got any great resources or websites you can recommend or should we check out your website for more information? Uh, so I actually think Science Technology Australia is a very good website uh, to, to look into. So they have a broad range of resources for, for children, um, for, for women, for girls, as well as um, just have these kind of amazing connections, both in government, uh, in academia, as well as in um, uh, just a sort of corporate general setting. So if you're interested in science, technology, engineering, or math, but you also want to have a corporate career or you want to have an academic career or you want to be in government, they have a range of um, resources and people to contact to, to explore that more. So which website should they go to? What's the URL for that one? Yes, so it's Science and Technology Australia. 
www.thepodcast.org.au. Perfect. I'm definitely going to go check that one out with my boys. Um, But thank you so much for inspiring us all about getting more into STEM. Thank you. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? So we learned a lot. Uh, As we can see, STEM can open up many career doors for your child from drone pilots and engineers to technologically focused projects and coding and all sorts of things. Um, So the career your child may choose may not even exist yet. And that is because the world of STEM is forever evolving. Uh, Some other tips that Juliet mentioned to help your child uh, become involved with STEM is to make sure they have a go in all fields, that being science, technology, engineering and math, to find out exactly what they're passionate about. And did you know that 73% of the STEM industry is men? So it's important to break these stereotypes and give equal opportunities to both girls and boys in STEM. And like Juliet mentioned, give exposure to your child to women in these fields. So try to support uh, your child's interest and open their mind to both men and women in the industry, uh, whether they're your kids or someone else's. Just talk about STEM in a really positive way uh, to, to all genders, realistically. Uh, but make sure you check out www.scienceandtechnologyaustralia.org.au for more information on STEM and the large range of resources that are available. Well, can't believe that's another edition of the PacMag Parents podcast. I hope you've had a lovely time listening to it and you've learned a little bit. Uh, I've certainly enjoyed bringing it to you today. A huge thank you to Dr. Juliet Tobias Webb for her amazing insights today. I hope you got something out of what she had to say. Now, remember, any important links can be found in the show notes and you can play all of our previous episodes at our website, pacmag.com.au slash podcast. But a big thank you to everyone who's made the show possible today. But until next time, parents, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.